Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to come alongside you as a leader and help you become the leader you were created to be. This is episode number 14, so we're just getting started. If this is helpful to you, will you please be so kind to leave us a review and also take time to share with others wherever you listen to your podcast. I want to share with you today, Leading Through Crisis, Part 1. I'm going to share what I've learned from my friend, Dr. John Maxwell, from other key mentors in my life, and from 30 plus years of leadership experience. Leaders show up in crisis, and crisis often shows leadership. Leaders show up in crisis, and crisis often shows leadership. The journey through life is a series of crises some which are predictable and expected, and some which are a total surprise, shocking. We just experienced a crisis this past week on our new campus. Uh, There was actually a plane crash. Uh, Let me take a moment and just give you a little bit of what happened. I was actually in a meeting with leaders, had just walked out to walk a couple of the leaders out, and as we were walking to the door together, uh, my children's pastor yelled, oh my gosh, a plane just crashed. Well, we immediately ran out to where there was literally an airplane that had crashed on our property. My first thought was to pray, and I prayed, dear God, please help whoever's in that plane be okay. My second thought was to get to the plane and see of what assistance we could be. And so I I yelled to my children's pastor, call 911, as myself and one of our other leaders, and then a man from the community who arrived at the scene, quickly got on the plane and tried to get to the pilots to see if they were okay. As we did that, we were able to finally pop the glass out of the front, the windshield out of the front, and we were able to speak to them. But as we did that, I noticed that there was fuel that was just leaking out out of the plane, coming out rather rapidly. And so I said, we have got to figure out a way to get these guys out. And so we began to communicate with them and work toward that. In the meantime, our first responders, our heroes, the real heroes, thank God for first responders. Our first responders arrived on the scene and they were able to finish what we started and they were able to get the two pilots out to safety. Now, during this whole crisis, there were all kind of leaders who showed up. See, the crisis showed who the leaders were. There were leaders in our children's ministry who rose up to make sure our kids were a safe distance from what was going on, to make sure that they were able to get to their parents who would be picking them up in the next 30 minutes. There were leaders that showed up on the scene that were first responders, the fire chief, the chief of police, the EMS uh, director, and so many others. And then uh, there were other ministry leaders that were helping out that were in place to do whatever needed to be done. And then the FAA showed up, and it was a, a whole night of seeing leadership in action in the midst of crisis. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about that later here in the podcast, but You know, just like what happened here, 
a plane crashed, and thank God both pilots were okay. Sometimes life crashes, and it's how we lead in crisis that reveals the quality of our leadership. Two of our tasks as leaders leading before and during crisis, again, two of our tasks as leaders leading before and during a crisis is, number one, to equip the team to better handle the crisis, but also to equip them to better help others during the crisis. Let me take a moment and define what a crisis is. There's several different definitions, and I want to take it and then put it all together. Webster's Dictionary says a crisis is a crucial time, a time of intense difficulty. In the medical field, when you define a crisis, they define it as a turning point. In other words, the crisis, the critical period, is where things either get better or they get worse. Uh, in the Greek, a crisis is a decision. I find that be, as an interesting uh, definition, that a crisis is a decision, John F. Kennedy said, when written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger, and the other represents opportunity. Think about that. When written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger, and the other represents opportunity. In other words, a crisis produces both obstacles and opportunities. Dr. John Maxwell says a crisis is an intense time of difficulty requiring a decision that will be a turning point. Let me say that again. A crisis is an intense time of difficulty requiring a decision that will be a turning point. Let me share with you five truths concerning crisis, and then I want to share how we can come out of a crisis better than we went in the crisis. First of all, five truths concerning crisis. Number one, a crisis is common. Crisis happen every day. As a matter of fact, crisis happen at different levels throughout the day. We have a tendency uh, whenever a crisis occurs to say it's never been this bad or to over-exaggerate that. We saw that a whole lot during 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, we saw uh, extreme things happen because people thought it was the worst thing we'd ever experienced. But the interesting thing is, if you go back and you study history, you'll see that we've actually experienced uh, quite a few crises, and that crisis is very common. Uh, we do need to take measures to make sure that everyone's safe. We do need to do what's in the best interest of people. But let me just show you a little bit. In 2000, how many remember uh, Y2K? We were worried as soon as uh, we got to 2000 that everything was going to crash and we were going to have all kinds of problems. In 2001, there was the anthrax crisis. In 2002, there was the West Niles. In 2003, there was SARS. In 2005, there was the bird flu. In 2006, we had E. coli. In 2008, we had a bad economy, and some would say now we're in a bad economy now as well. In 2009, there was the swine flu. In 2010, we had the BP oil crisis. In 2012, there was the Mayan calendar. Uh, in 2013, North Korea. In 2014, the Ebola. In 2015, the, the Disney measles and ISIS. In 2016, 
uh, the Zika, uh, Zika virus. Uh, we all remember, of course, what happened uh, uh, on 9-11. Uh, we remember, uh, as we study history, if we go back, we see that in 1918 to 1920, uh, there was a flu that was literally kill, killing millions, arguably uh, the worst crisis that we've experienced. And yet, we realize through it all that crisis is common. That you and I in life have experienced many crises. We've lived through, we've learned through, and as leaders, we've led through many crises. And as we continue to live, we will live through, we will learn through, and we will lead through many more crises as well. You know, it's kind of like the saying that whenever you're having surgery, it's minor surgery, but when I'm having surgery, it's major surgery. <laughs> how many know that's when, when someone else is having surgery, oh, it's a minor surgery, they do it all the time. But how many know when you're having surgery, it's like, whoa, 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 this is a, this is a major surgery. And uh, so if you're a leader, uh, you're going to not only face crisis, you're going to be the one that everyone looks to during the crisis. There's a saying, and I don't know who to give credit to, but there's a saying that says there are not two good consecutive days in the life of a leader. Now, I don't really believe that there are not two because I've experienced a string of really good days, but I will tell you this, there are very few days that go by that as a leader that we are not going to face some type of crisis where we're going to have to make a decision that's going to help lead others through the crisis. I love what Max Dupree, a leadership expert, says. He says, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. The first responsibility of a leader is define reality. Leaders always give a right perspective to people in crisis. In other words, we give hope, uh, security, and hopefully encouragement. Solomon, in his wisdom, tells us that the crisis we're going to, that this too will pass. And that there's nothing new under the sun, that we will face crisis. So a crisis is common. Number two, a crisis is distracting. We can be moving forward in the direction of our vision, in the direction of our mission. And when a crisis hits, it puts us in the opposite uh, of where we're going many times, or it stops us completely from moving where we need to go. Uh, As a matter of fact, when we went through COVID, it became the perfect storm, because the fear was spreading faster than the virus. You saw people that you would, you saw people that acted and reacted with fear that you didn't think that you would ever see. And then on the other side of that, you saw people uh, rise up and, and become leaders and lead boldly and and uh, lead uh, violently, or not violently, but violently through the crisis. Remember, leaders show up in crisis, but also crisis often shows leadership. So a crisis is distracting, but leaders help get traction in times of distraction. In other words, uh, we get rid of the negative. We help people turn into a positive and walk through whatever they're going through. C.S. Lewis, in 1948, he gave his atomic bomb speech, and you can replace the words atomic bomb with the coronavirus, uh, as some shared during that, or you could replace it with whatever current crisis you're going through. Let me, let me read this to you, and it, it kind of gives us a perspective of what it means, uh, how a crisis can be distracting, but how we have to lead through crisis. 
Let me read his, what, he, what he said. He said, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb or of the COVID-19 or of our current crisis. He goes on and he says, how are we to live in an atomic age or how are we to live in our crisis? I am tempted to reply why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year, or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, or an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, or an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb or whatever the crisis is was invented. And quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. How I many know oh, this is written very real, very raw? He goes on, he says, We have indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors and aesthetics. But we still, but we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous. It's perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death in a world which already is bristled with such chances and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb or whatever your crisis is, let that bomb or whatever your crisis is, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, bathing the children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs or whatever the crisis is. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. What is he saying? He says crisis is common. Crisis can be distracting, but don't let the crisis take control of your life. Live your life and lead as a leader through the crisis, because when crisis comes, leaders show up. Crisis reveal leadership. Leaders show up during crisis. The third thing is, is a crisis reveals what's inside of us. What's inside comes out during crisis. What's inside comes out during difficulty. If you were to take an orange and squeeze it, you would have OJ, you would have orange juice. If you were to take a lemon and squeeze it, you could produce lemonade. You see, what we see in the midst of crisis, what comes out during that time is really what's in us. Choices make us, crisis reveals us. Choices make us, but crisis reveals us. As a leader, we can't moan and lead at the same time. Transformation happens from something on the inside, not on the outside. In other words, if we are prepared when crisis arrives, then we will lead not based on what we see, but what we know. We will lead not based on what is happening to us, but on who we are as a leader. 
And so a crisis reveals what's inside of us. Number four, a crisis requires adaptability. A crisis requires adaptability. If you know me, you know I love sports. You also know I love March Madness. Now, the March Madness, uh, the Final Four, which is uh, being played uh, tonight, uh, is, let me just say, the teams that we expected to be in the Final Four are not in the Final Four. As a matter of fact, I would go out to say that probably most people did not pick any one of the four teams that are there. But in the midst of coaching and March Madness, a good coach has a pregame plan. In other words, they've done their homework. A good leader has done his homework and prepared for what is to come. But I, but I love this, and this is so true. A great coach separates themselves from being just a good coach at halftime by making the adjustments that turns the game around, by making the necessary adjustments that lead to comeback or that lead to victory. As a leader, if we're going to go from being just a good leader, good leaders are prepared for crisis. Great leaders are able to make the necessary adjustments to lead when things don't go as we expected them to go. In other words, most successful leaders have a plan B and maybe even a plan C or a plan D. We're prepared. We're able to adapt to what needs to be done. Number five, a crisis is the time when real leaders show up. We've already mentioned that, but let me really emphasize and reiterate that. Real leaders show up early. Real leaders, when there's a crisis, they're the first to go forward. They're out front. They don't hide. They're highly visible. Real leaders are highly visible in the midst of a crisis. What you saw during our most recent crisis of COVID-19 was real leaders, they showed up early and they were in the front and they were out there leading and making a difference to calm people's fear, to give people hope and to help people to take the next step and to assure people that this wasn't the end, that we've been through things before and we're going to get through this as well. That's exactly what happened when we had our recent plane crash this last week. Leaders became highly visible, and you were able to see who the leaders really are. The second thing underneath real leaders show up is real leaders show up with clarity. Uncertainty is not a sign of poor leadership, but it's a sign of a need for leadership. Uncertainty is not a sign of just poor leadership. It's actually a sign that we need leadership. You see, when you're in crisis, you often are in a territory that you've never been in before. And so real leaders are clear about hope. Hey, this too will pass. We will get through this. I don't have all the answers, but we're going to find a way to move forward. We're going to find a way to get through this situation. We're going to find a way. And that brings us to the next thing about real leaders showing up. Real leaders show up with hope. Real leaders show up with hope. You see, good leaders deal with as much of the negative as soon as they can. Great leaders take it from a negative and turn it into a positive. They're prepared for the situation. Baseball season has started and I love baseball. And, you know, one of the most critical pitches that happens is baseball is the three, two count. When the batter's up with three balls and two strikes The pitcher knows that this next pitch is critical. The catcher, who is giving the signs, knows that this pitch is critical. 
the infield, the outfield uh, are, are ready. They're on the, the edge of their toes. They're prepared. The, the, the people in the stands, the people watching on TV are on the edge of their seat because they know that in this next pitch, something is going to happen. When you're leading in crisis as a leader, we must be prepared because sometimes life throws us a 3-2 pitch. Now, let me take a moment and discuss in this Leading Through Crisis Part 1 some discussion questions, how we can come out of the crisis better. And then in the next episode, Leading Through Crisis Part 2, we're going to talk about turning adversity into advantage, and I'm going to give 11 perspective principles. But right now, let me give three points of application, three things that we can do in a crisis as we lead through a crisis. Back to the plane crash. I have a meeting set up with our team to talk about what happened. I had the opportunity to speak with one of the pilots and someone had already asked the pilot. They said, well, you're, you're probably done flying. And he said, no. He said, have you been in a car accident? Are you done drying, driving? In other words, no, I'm going to get up as soon as I can and I'm going to get back in doing what I do. And when there's a crisis that hits, it's imperative that we take time to do these three things so that we can come back better and stronger, more prepared, better equipped to lead more effectively because there will be another crisis. There will be more crisis. So what do we do? Number one, we take a time of evaluation, set up a meeting with key leaders, your team, and talk about what happened. Do it while it's still fresh. The day after, I was talking to key leaders about what happened. I was talking to key leaders in our city about what happened and what we could do better and and, and looking at it from their perspective and hearing what this, just listening, what they had to say. You see, a lot of people say that experience is the best teacher, but the truth is experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. Experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is the best teacher. And so we must, as leaders, take time, even during if we can, but especially after a crisis, to evaluate with our team about what just happened. And in that comes number two in our evaluation is a time of reflection, a time of reflection. Now, let me give you some key questions that you can ponder that I've been pondering that I've asked our team to ponder and that we're going to discuss when we get together for our meeting. Number one, what did the crisis teach us? In other words, what did we learn from this crisis? Number two, and these aren't in any particular order. Number two, what went right? What went right? Let's look at the positive. What did we do right? What went right? Maybe something even went right by accident. We can, we can make it part of our procedure and our policy. Also, number three, what went wrong? Because in any crisis, listen, <laughs> things are going to go wrong. You know, you can train and prepare for a crisis, but you never know how you're going to act or react until you're in the midst of the crisis. So what went wrong? Number four, do we have the right plan in place? 
Do we have the right plan in place? And number five, do we have the right people in place? Do we need to shift some things? Do we need to have additional people in place now that we realize what can happen, what may happen because of what did just happen? And so a a time of evaluation, a time of reflection, really not just talking about it, but really stopping to think about it. And out of that time of reflection, thinking, being able to discuss. And and that brings me to number three. And, And this is the most critical. Of course, we need the first two to get to this one. But if we do the first two and we don't do this one, then we're really not, well, we're just not doing anything but having a discussion. And we're not really preparing ourselves for the next crisis. Number three is action. What do we need to do different? What do we need to do different? What additional training do we need to provide? Interesting thing is we had been discussing some training that we needed to provide and getting a guy in place that will do an amazing job training for if this situation that just happened would ever happen. But how many know crisis don't wait for you to get your training done? The crisis happened before we were actually ready for the crisis. And so now we look and say, okay, we need to really get this additional training in place. And what additional training do we need to provide? The next question is, what do we need to do to prepare for the next crisis? What do we need to do to prepare? You know, while I was, when the the plane uh, crashed, we ran out and the first thing was to pray and ask God for his mercy and grace, which he gave us. What could have been a tragedy turned into a testimony of God's grace. And both pilots have said, man, the Lord is not finished with us yet. What a miracle. They, they realize everyone that has seen what happened knows it is a miracle. But while we were there, I was trying to pry the door open, but we really didn't have a good crowbar. I mean, growing up, man, my dad would have had a ton of crowbars that we could have used to pop that door open quickly. We realized that there's maybe a kit that we need to put together for such a time as that or any other kind of crisis. Now, we have some things in place, but... We realized that there's other things that we need to get in place. Next question, what opportunities will birth from this crisis? What opportunities will birth from this crisis? One of the things that happened during this crisis is almost every media outlet wanted to talk about what happened. And of course, I'm not going to get into the personal things of what happened, but I'm going to be able to share an opportunity of hope and how God worked a miracle, and how God turned it into a miracle, Uh, 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 just a testimony of God's grace. The final question is, how can we turn this crisis, this bad situation, into something good? Take time, reflect on those questions, put together a game plan. In other words, evaluate, reflect, and take action. And then in the next episode, we are going to talk about turning adversity into an advantage, 11 perspective principles. Thank you for joining me on the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live. Oh, 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 oh,